next thing I knew, I had two more clients and I was making $1,200 a month um, extra on the side of my full-time job. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Earn, Save, Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Melody Johnson, a financial strategist for side hustlers like you who want to earn more money, save more money, and lead a thriving life. All right. Well, welcome, everybody, to the Earn, Save, Thrive podcast. I'm very excited today to have a special guest. G is an amazing freelance writer, blogger, entrepreneur, and YouTuber, and I'm excited to have her talk today about how she's turned her side hustle into a full-time career. So, G, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, absolutely. So for those who aren't familiar with you, G, could you just tell us a little bit more about yourself? How did you get started with what you're doing now? Right. So this goes back to maybe 2012, I want to say. Um, and in 2012, I was in grad school at the time. And, you know, um, students are broke. <laughs> so I was, I was already kind of like, a, you know, I was making a stipend from my grad school education. But the thing that happened was I did get married in um, 2011. And immediately, you know, our expenses went up. And then we had a situation where my husband lost his job. So, you know, we, we were struggling financially. So I, I just began to look online to find out what were like other ways that I could make money so that we could pay our bills so that we could take care of what needed to be taken care of at home. Um, because all my life I had just been, I just knew like go to school, get a job. That's how you make money. That's all I knew. But I, I knew that there was maybe some way that I could make extra money um, that didn't involve me. So I really was looking for something. Actually, what happened was I was looking for like a cleaning job. I was just looking for like something I could do on the weekends so that I would, um, have like an extra hundred or $200, um, at the end of the month to pay, to pay the bills. And then I went on Craigslist and just stumbled on somebody's link, whether we're talking about affiliate marketing and I was like, wow, what's, what's that? What's affiliate marketing? And so I clicked through the link against my better judgment, right? Um, <laughs> at the time. And, um, that led me basically led me on a path to where I am right now, because right after I clicked through that link, I was, I was led to somebody's blog, it seemed, and they were talking about affiliate marketing and how they were making money through affiliate marketing. And then that led me to just go to, uh, uh, to Google type in what is affiliate marketing. And I got a plethora and a list of, of, of blog posts and YouTube videos that had been recorded on the subject. So I watched um, a few YouTube videos. Actually, somebody that I started watching way back then was a, a lady called Lisa Erby. And she is actually still on YouTube. And I started watching Lisa's videos about Google AdSense, affiliate marketing, blogging. And I was like, what is this world? And um, I started blogging then. So then fast forward to 2014, I started my current blog, which is my online biz journey. And it was basically like me telling the story of everything I had learned, um, you know, about online business up until that point and then going forward. And so, and that's what I've done with that blog, just sharing my knowledge of online marketing, of building a blog, building an online business. And I've parlayed that into, you know, sharing my knowledge on YouTube, um, and through my podcast. Um, so currently I like you, 
rightly mentioned, I am a freelance writer on a full-time basis. I did finish my grad school degree, so I did get my PhD in microbiology and immunology, worked in there for a little bit. Currently, a freelance writer, YouTuber, content creator, uh, full-time. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and what I really love, G, is the fact that you kind of pivoted from your full-time corporate career and you are... uh, got a great and interesting background in microbiology. So I know that you kind of walked us through that journey of kind of, hey, I really want to make a couple extra dollars. And now you've really grown it into a full-time business. Mm -hmm. Um, And I see that you have an incredible uh, amount of knowledge and information in terms of your eBooks. Can you talk a little bit more about your four-week freelance client challenge that you have on your website and how you kind of walk people through how to make more money full-time or on the side? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, right when I started my blog, because my blog came before even my YouTube channel or my podcast, um, about a year into it, I was getting a lot of traffic, a lot of people signing up for my email list, following me on social media. And I realized that there are a lot of people out there that want to do the same thing I was doing in 2012. They want to make an extra $300 or they want to, some people just want to make enough money. So they stay home with their kids, right. And homeschool them. Or some people want to make just enough money so that they can pay off some medical bills or pay off their debt. And I know that, you know, all about paying off debt, right. You know, so that they can pay off their debt. And so it's like, people have these, um, these needs and these wants, but they don't have a way to make the money to do that. And one of the most effective ways I personally have found to make money quickly is through freelancing. I started, when I started out freelancing, um, I think in 2015, I started out as a social media manager and a freelance writer. Now I do more freelance writing and I don't do social media management as much, but I found that you can get a client that pays you three, $500 for doing a piece of work for them. And if you have about three or four or five clients, that's enough to to, to have a full-time income, right? Um, or, or even match the money that you're currently making from your job. So I began to talk about them. The more I began to talk about that, the more people's attention came on me. Like that's, people were finding me for that, for, especially for the social media manager stuff. Like people began really finding me for that. So, um, and, and one of the biggest things with freelancing is finding your clients. Like how do I, how do I go from zero clients to my first paying client. So I began to talk about that. And that has been one of the areas where people come to me a lot to, to learn. Um, and so I created that four week um, challenge, which is the ebook that you mentioned on it. It is on my website. And um, I created it as a challenge so that people would go through four weeks of activities that ultimately will get them at least their very first paying client, like the first, very first one, number one, or if they wanted to get the next one, they could go through that challenge and then get that. And I go through that myself from time to time because as a freelancer, one of the things that happens is sometimes clients drop off. Sometimes clients, um, you know, the project is done and they move on. Um, and so you sometimes you have to kind of be in that mode of, Thankfully, these days, I'm not always looking for clients. And I think that happens to a lot of freelancers where in the beginning, you look for a lot of clients and then at a point, you're kind of stable, you kind of cruise. Um, So just to help those people who are just getting started or who are the beginning stages of their freelancing career to get clients, going through that challenge is helpful for them to, to getting those clients. 
Yeah, I think you're really right in saying that when you're first starting, you don't have your clients all signed up. You know, pre-booking is great if you have a big audience and if people are already familiar with you and Mm -hmm. you have an authority in some sort of freelance work or a type of work, whether you're a coach or a freelancer, it's great to have that authority. But when you're first starting, like you said, you don't have that. And so looking for clients and trying to find and build your networks and connections and building up that kind of consistency where, like you said now, hey, I don't have to look for a lot of clients is such an amazing goal. And the fact that you've accomplished that, well done. Um, So when you first were starting out, you know, if you could give us just a sneak peek, how did you find your clients? You know, you you were just starting with the blog. Mm -hmm. You you know, you started doing a couple of freelance clients for social media management. Where did that all come from? How did they find you? Right. So that's such an excellent question. So when I started out, um, which is one of the reasons why I created the the book you mentioned, um, I actually found my first client on Craigslist. Really? Yes. Wow. (laughs) So what I, what happened was I went on Craigslist um, I, my husband knew that I was trying to build up my freelance career. So he would occasionally send me, go on Craigslist for other purposes and then look in the gigs section. So if you go onto Craigslist in your city, um, and you go to the gig section or, you know, sometimes they have, um, different types of like job, quote unquote jobs. And there's a, a section called gigs. Um, and you can look under there and find people that are looking for all sorts of people to do all kinds of gigs for them. Sometimes people need a photographer for a day. Sometimes people need a videographer for a day. And so my husband had forwarded me a link from Craigslist of somebody that needed a writer. So that's what he sent me because he knew I loved to write. So when he sent that to me, I responded. Um, and then when I looked on the same Craigslist page he had sent me, I saw another gig somebody had posted for a social media manager. So I responded to that as well. And I had been blogging for, let's say, about a year at that point. Um, and I had built up my audience. I didn't even think I had a big audience. I, I think I was getting around 3,000 um, page views per month for my blog. I had maybe 1,000 Twitter followers. At that time, Periscope was really hot. And so I had a couple hundred followers on Periscope. And I was just starting YouTube, but I was even inconsistent there. But I was able to show them that, hey, I'm building an audience. For my, I, I know how to use this social media thing. I'm using it to drive traffic. I'm use, I built a thousand followers on, on Twitter. And I think therein lies even a lesson before I continue is a lot of the time people think we have to have these massive audiences or this massive following in order to, to, to make an income online, right? And the truth is that yes, in certain niches, that's important. Like if you're trying to be a brand influencer of some sort, that's important. Like having a following and getting those bigger brands to sponsor your content, that may be necessary, but it's not always necessary to have a hundred thousand people following you. As long as you're able to communicate the value that you're bringing. I was already generating around 3000 pages to my blog, which is not a whole lot, but it's still a lot right to my blog. Um, that's about what a hundred people per day or a hundred sessions or pages per day. So I was able to show that. So I demonstrated that in the email that I sent out to this person that had posted about social media. And later on that evening, she got back in touch with me and said, wow, I was so impressed 
right, with what you've done with your blog and with your social media presence, I would love for you to manage my social media for me. And that's how I really got started with my first client. Like I didn't have much. I just wrote to her, demonstrated that I can do this for her. I had never done it before, right? To show her what I had done for myself. And then, um, and then that's how I got the first client. And then the other lesson in that is that you have to have proof of what you say you can do, right? Like if you're going to sell somebody on your social media services, have proof that you can do that. So that's one thing I always tell people, freelancers, and you know, in all my eBooks and courses and all my videos, I always say, have, show people proof of what you say you can do. If you want to write for me, show me that you have a blog. If you want to do social media for me, show me that you've built some kind of presence um, and, and, and that you're able to create engaging content. Sometimes it's not, like I said earlier, it's not all about the followers, but even more about the engagement, you know? So, um, so she became my first client. And then when, once I started with her, she was so happy with my work. She began referring me to all her friends. <laughs> oh, and, wow. That's amazing. Yes. And so I went from, I think at that time I was charging like $300 a month to do social media. And for me, that was a lot, a lot because I, I'd not freelance at that point. And so getting 300, going from zero to $300 a month, um, doing social media, something that I was already doing was, was like, wow. Okay. And then, I, you know, next thing I knew I had two more clients and I was making $1,200 a month, um, extra on the side of my full-time job. So that's really how I got my first client is, uh, you know, I built the proof um, and then I presented it to somebody that I thought would need my services. And thankfully that, uh, that worked, that worked out. Yeah, no, that's so fantastic. And I love how you've said, you know, building up that proof, showing that you have engaging content and yes, Sure, you didn't have a ton of followers, but you still had put in the work to show people, hey, you know, I'm active, I'm here, I'm going to keep showing up. And sometimes for people who maybe are just starting with their blog or have the, you know, um, interest in continuing with their blog, it's definitely really hard because the first fruits aren't always going to be immediate. It's going to take time to build up a following. It's going to have time take time to, for people to the build that traffic and the SEO that you have in your web, website so that people can actually know what you are doing. And so exactly. that's awesome. So tell us more about your freelance work. I know that you're right now you're doing more of the writing. Mm -hmm. So can you just walk us through like the, the types of things that you do for, for writing? Because right. there's definitely lots of different things you can do. Right. And, you know, and maybe somebody's listening to this episode and they're thinking, wow, like freelance writing, that sounds like fun. I love to do that. There are several ways for you to make money with your writing. Um, of course, like most of the content that I write has um, is um, blog content. So I write a lot of blog content for my clients. Most of my clients are in the healthcare niche. Um, and so, uh, because my background is in microbiology and immunology, um, and I do have a healthcare background as well, I use that, I parlay that into experience in the industry because I can understand like more higher end journals and, um, and, and take that information and break it down. Um, so I, I market myself as a freelance health writer. Um, so blog posts are definitely one of those, those things because blog posts 
posts really help with SEO, right? Um, blog, you know, for those of you that don't know SEO, search engine optimization, people want to be found on Google for a particular subject or for their product. Content marketing is a powerful way for companies to put themselves out there about, a, a, you know, about a particular subject or product. And so when they create content around that, that's content marketing. And so that's what I do for my clients. Is I, I research and create pieces of content for them that will help them get found and bring awareness to their product. But as a writer, you don't have to just focus on blog posts. I know writers that will write white papers, right? So a white paper may be information on a product that a company has just put out. And that's more extensive. It's more detailed. It gives the potential or current buyer more information about the product or service and how it can benefit them. Um, you can become a technical writer. Um, sometimes this may require a little bit of education, but not really. You don't have to have a special degree to do this, but basically technical writers write manuals, right? So they'll write a manual about, uh, you know, these, um, these headphones that I'm holding, um, or, uh, or, you know, the, any, anything that you buy that has a manual, okay. Technical writers write those. So basically anything that you can think about that is written, social media content is another one of them, right? People, I, I've had people get in touch with me and say, Hey, could you write my social media content for me? Because people want to be on social media, but they're not always as articulate as they want to be, or um, they do not know how to write in, in, in a personable manner. And, and they need somebody that can inject fun and personability into their social media posts. And so that's an area you could, you could get into is if you love social media, you could be writing captions. One of my friends was just telling me this Saturday, she was writing captions for somebody for their Instagram. Um, so that's, that's an area you can get into um, you can do ghostwriting, right? There are a lot of busy CEOs and executives and uh, even people that are business owners that want to write books, but don't have the time or bandwidth to write a book. And so uh, what happens is that they can contract that to a ghostwriter who takes their ideas and takes their words and formats that into book form. Um, so that's an area you can get into. So really when it comes to writing, anything that you see written as a freelance writer, you can basically get into that. You know, as long as you, you're able to build your proof, find that first client, you know, that's, the first client I always think is the hardest, but once you clear that hurdle, then everything gets easier from then on. Absolutely. And um, I agree with you that finding your niche is really helpful to kind of build up that um, content and share your portfolio because I know that you just mentioned that you kind of branded yourself as a health and wellness writer right. specifically for blog posts. Right. Now, I'm sure that you've done other things in the past, like you've mentioned your social media, but with your background, with your experience, and definitely with a PhD, I mean, obviously now you're leveraging that education, you're leveraging yeah. all that knowledge, and then you're utilizing that to say, hey, you know, all those years I spent working and understanding and studying, I'm now going to convert that into a business of my own that's free uh, for me to uh, like all those years I spent trying to understand what uh, these different types of biology are, mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm going to put use to that. And I think um, you can't always be everything to everyone because mm -hmm. it's very easy to try to 
try to please everyone. You know, like, for example, if you were trying to share to somebody and say, hey, yeah, I can do personal finance blogs or I can do, you know, um, calculus blogs, you might be able to get away with it. Sure. But, you know, I think with your experience, people will see you as a, hey, she has this PhD in biology. I feel like she's already very reputable in this type of freelance content. Yeah. Yeah. And and to be honest with you, I don't even want my PhD to scare people because sometimes people feel, well, well, you have all this education and maybe that's why you can be successful, but you don't even need to have what I have, right? You just need to because especially with the advent of the internet, I feel like you can educate yourself on just about anything if you want to. So if you really wanted to, I'll talk about the niching down too, but if you really wanted to learn a lot about health and wellness, you could really get into that content online and learn a whole lot, right? And and I love what you said about niching down. I think niching down is so important um, and even maybe more important than the education part of this whole thing, right? Because when you niche down, you'll be, you will, by, by virtue of being a writer, you will learn so much about the field. You will learn so much. When I, when I first started, I got into freelance writing, right? I started writing for some personal finance blogs and I knew nothing about personal finance, but I had written my own blogs, which were on entrepreneurship. Um, and that area is a little bit related to personal finance. So I was able to like play off of that and get that. But there was a lot I didn't know in personal finance. And I read a lot about personal finance and educated myself on it. So the beautiful thing about niching yourself is that you can educate yourself. You can do your own self-education about a particular area and begin to market yourself as that industry's writer. Right. And the reason why I feel like that's important um, is because when you, when I say I'm a health writer, right? Every time my, my circle of friends, every time my network comes into contact with somebody that needs a health writer, it's like, ding, 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 Gertrude. We need to get in touch with Gertrude, right? Because I have, I'm putting, I'm always putting it in people's minds that I am a health content writer. So maybe you need to start saying I'm an Instagram caption writer and you need to keep telling everybody that. And you need to like, you need to be attending events and telling everyone that. And ultimately people begin to remember that. And every time, so it's just, it's just about stickability or I don't know if that's a word, but sticking in people's minds, because if you just say I'm a freelance writer, it's like, oh, okay. But if you're a freelance health writer, people are more likely to remember that. Absolutely. Yeah. And then just, you know, saying it to people, like you said, sharing to your friends, your family, your coworkers. You know, I think I was talking with uh, one of my colleagues um, and she and I were talking about how important it is to actually say you are what you're working on. So an example would be if you are a freelance health and wellness writer and maybe you're still working a nine to five job. To your friends, you might say, yes, I am a freelance health and wellness writer, or I'm an Instagram caption writer, or Mm -hmm. I'm a social media marketing manager. And so it's very difficult for people when they're first starting out to do that. But I think you make a great point. Sharing it to as many as people as possible is something that you have to practice, but it is a great tip because once you do, it will stick. Yes. 
Yes, it does. It does. And, and to, and to even continue, you know, to take that a little further, apart from just telling people, you, you know, maybe you want to put that on your LinkedIn, maybe you want to put that on your Instagram, on your Facebook. And I, and I do realize that the difficulty, especially if you're working a regular job of putting that on your LinkedIn, because maybe you may have colleagues on LinkedIn, um, that will, you know, that would say, what are you doing? Like, so I know, I know the importance of people wanting to keep their side businesses away from employees because in some, I know that in some places it's discouraged completely to have a side hustle, but you know, if it is encouraged in your environment, there's nothing, there's no law that says you can't put it on your on your profile, because the beautiful thing about LinkedIn, for instance, just using LinkedIn as an, as an example, is people search for things, right? So if somebody may type in freelance, and I guess pulled up for uh, LinkedIn shows you how many people are looking for you, uh, or how many people typed in a particular phrase and and looked at your profile or what searches that you came up for, and they show you the keywords you're coming up for. So. I've come up with so many keywords that have to do with health writing, right? And I've gotten contacted by people who needed a health writer because I optimized my profile on LinkedIn and made sure that I had that out there. So that's another place where you can, you can also, um, uh, gain some mind share is is just putting yourself out, out on, on on these uh, social media platforms that are so abundant now and branding yourself as as that thing. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. So f- maybe for those people who have a part time job and they're building up their side hustle, they're really interested in trying to build up their business where they can do it full time, and they want to start using LinkedIn. Um, since you know you've talked a lot about SEO, do you have any recommendations for people who are trying to put themselves out there on LinkedIn? Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I do have a few recommendations for LinkedIn. So, um, you know, LinkedIn has always been seen as that platform that's really boring and suited up and um, stuffy, old, you know, doesn't serve anybody. Um, but no, the platform has changed a lot in the past year or so. And I, I actually really love LinkedIn right now. Um, it's a, a place where organic reach is, is still really um, amazing there. So specifically for writers, right? I would say that Go ahead, um, and if people want to check out my LinkedIn profile, you can. Maybe you can. Uh, I'll send you the link so you can put that in the show notes. But if you look at my uh, my LinkedIn profile, I have um, there are a few places you can capitalize. The first thing is your 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 name and your caption, right? So the very first thing people see. So I have Gertrude Nontra PhD there. That's what that's what I have there. People put all kinds of other things there. I just have my name and my and my credential. Then the next thing you have is like a little um, snippet, a description of what, or what your title is, right? So I have freelance health, a freelance writer for health and online marketing companies. So I have that there. Then I have you know the the little bar, and then I just say um, a host of the Create and Prosper podcast. So I have that there. That I'm a podcast host. So that also opens me up to podcast searches, right? So if somebody was looking for somebody that was a podcast host, that's somewhere I could get found. But I'm definitely getting picked up a lot for freelance writer freelance health writer, medical writer, that kind of language. So make sure that title is all filled out. And then there's a description. 
in the description, you also want to, that, that's an, another place you need to um, capitalize on. And this is where you go in depth and talk about um, what you, it is you do. So you say, I'm a freelance writer. If, if you, even if you don't have any experience, I right now put like, I am a freelance writer with four years of experience, blah, blah, blah. But you can just say, I'm a freelance writer that serves the healthcare and wellness community. Um, and these are the types of content that I write. Um, and I can help you out. And if you want to get in touch with me, here's my email, get in touch with me, and then we can talk about your needs. Keep it short and simple. Just describe what you do and then give them a way, give them a call to action to get in touch with you. All right. And then once that's done, um, um, you also have uh, your image, right? There's an image of your face. So I always say, make it an image of you. Um, don't make it a logo, make it an image of you. And then you have a cover image. This is a place that you can also capitalize. Right now, what I have on my cover image, I used to just have something generic on my cover image, but now I have um, basically um, the logos of publications I've written for. I have that. And I have that as my back, my, 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 my cover image, because when people click through my profile and they see I've written for all these other places that I'm coding, um, some of them, which are really well-known, some of them, which are smaller or medium sized uh, companies, they're like, Oh, she's legit. And they will be able to find that I have written there. Um, and that's proof that's building social proof for the person that, may potentially want to get in touch with me, right? And the beautiful thing too is that, and I've said beautiful things so many times, but another great thing about LinkedIn is that people, like, like most social media platforms, you can be contacted on the platform. And so you can either invite the person to contact you on the platform or via email, and you can move the conversation further that way. So you want to make sure you're optimizing all this, these areas that I just discussed, you know, your title, your summary, your description, um, even the header image, that the cover image of your LinkedIn, all of that is prime real estate for you to put yourself out there. Then another, once you've done that on your side, one of the things you want to do is you want to start engaging on the platform. All right, go follow some people that you admire, go follow some people that you know that you could generate a conversation with and just start generating conversation. When they post something, leave a comment, leave an insightful comment. You don't always have to do this every single day, 24 hours, but at least one comment a day is really, I found is really, really helpful in getting me new connections and new people to find my business. I also post myself on the platform. So uh, LinkedIn has LinkedIn publishing. And so you can write blog posts on there. So that's why I said specifically for writers, you can actually post content on there. If you don't have your own blog, you can just start writing content on there. And that could be your proof that you show to people, right? And if you're able to um, show that, okay, I've written this content and I had three people like it. That's even proof that, oh, you wrote content and there were like three people that liked it. What? Like that's something, you know, some, so you know what I'm saying? So so start publishing on there, start writing status updates on there. All of these things are really, really helpful. Every time I, you know, this is a very consistent plan I use. I'm getting the right people to find me on the platform, the right people coming to me saying, hey, you know, we might need your help. So make sure that you're doing all these things so that you can draw attention to your writing business. And even you can do this for other um, freelancing businesses 
I said this, I described this specifically for writers, but you can take the same info and, and, and make it your own, whether you're a web designer or social media or photographer, whatever. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering all of our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. I don't know about you, but I love free stuff. And one of my favorite books that I love is Profit First. Profit First is an amazing book that helps me organize my business finances so that I can start increasing my profit and start paying myself. So check out your free audio ebook today by downloading it at audibletrial.com slash earn, save, thrive. That's audibletrial.com slash earn, save, thrive. And you can browse not only that audiobook, but tons of other amazing books. Now let's get back to the show. Wow, that's great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that because I I want to go back to what you talked about with LinkedIn. People thinking that LinkedIn is kind of an older platform. It's a little stuffy. Absolutely agree with you that it has changed a ton. And I'm seeing a lot of interesting, new and trending types of topics. And I'm finding that a lot of entrepreneurs are on the platform where previously it tended to be more of a corporate type of platform where it was primarily people who were um, full time at working at a company. And and yes, I, I have found that it is now changed in terms of the types of people that you can connect with, the types of content that's trending on the platform. And I think that right now is a great place to be in terms of getting set up with LinkedIn because it's only going to grow from here. Exactly. It's only going to grow from here. And I, I never have claimed to be an, an, a LinkedIn expert, but, you know, um, the... <laughs> The thing with social media platforms is that good things don't always live on. <laughs> you know, you know, look at Facebook. Facebook used to be like the premier platform for a lot of bloggers. And one day Facebook just decided to kill reach. And so now when you post something on your Facebook page as a business, only about 10% of people see it anymore, right? Right now on LinkedIn, like potentially everybody that is your connection could see what you've posted, but that's not going to live on for long. You know, at a point, I'm sure LinkedIn is going to start saying, well, you know, we have to, we have to capitalize on this one, you know, and, and that's also going to become something that is, that gets taken away and they have every right to it. It's their platform. They built it. Um, they can do whatever they want with it. Um, but right now that it's the going really is good on the platform. I think it's, if you are, looking to build an entrepreneurial business, build attention for your speaking business, build attention for your writing, build att- whatever you're trying to build attention for, there is a space for it on LinkedIn right now. Um, and I even forgot about LinkedIn video, LinkedIn live, like that. These are all options on the platform right now. Not everybody has LinkedIn live, but definitely LinkedIn video. Everybody has that. So all of these things are things that you can use to gain, you know, attention on the platform. Um, so yeah, I think it's a great time to jump on. Yes. No, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. So, um, G, tell me where you can be found online. If somebody was really interested in learning more about your eBooks, following you on social media, where could they find you? 
Right. So my blog, I, I do have two websites. My blog, my business blog is my online biz journey as in trip. Sometimes when I say journey, people say people spell that wrong, but my online biz journey.com. That's my blog. You can find me on YouTube. I'm Gene Entra, Create and Prosper. I also have the Create and Prosper podcast and you can find it on any podcast app that you have. Um, on LinkedIn, I'm just Gertrude Nontra PhD. And on Instagram, you'll find me at G Nontra. Fantastic. Well, I'll make sure to put links in for all of the types of social media platforms that you are on, G. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what people say about getting their freelance writing on and or any of their freelance business going. So thanks. Thank you so much for having me, Melody. Thank you. If this podcast episode resonated with you, do me a favor and leave a review. I would appreciate it so much. The greatest compliment you can leave me is to share this podcast with your friends. Remember that thriving women help other women thrive. And that's what this podcast is all about. Tag me on Instagram and share your review on your stories. And I'll give you a shout out on my stories as well. Head on over to Instagram at Her Design Life Coach to get more mindset hacks, motivational posts, and educational information to help you level up in your money and business. And as a big thank you, you can grab my free five-day Money Masters Challenge email course that walks you through the same process I use to pay off over $65,000 in student loan debt. Do it today, guys. I would so appreciate it. Have a wonderful rest of your week, and I look forward to seeing you guys next week.